Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to this EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, I'm the head of content here at EM360 and your host on this podcast. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any and all major podcasting platforms. Now, in today's episode, I'm being joined by Shimon Noam Oran, who's the VP Research and Deep Learning at Deep Instinct. So, Shimon is here to discuss how and why deep learning is transforming the artificial intelligence and cybersecurity landscape. So, Shimon, welcome to the show and thanks for coming on today. Thank you very much, Max. Thank you for the introduction, and it's uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Very welcome. It's uh, great to have you on the show. I'm looking forward to delving into the subject matter. But before we get to the questions, would you mind just letting our listeners know a little bit about yourself and maybe Deep, Deep Instinct as well? Yeah, sure. Sure, happily. So uh, as you said, uh, my name is Shimon Oren, and yeah, I've been with Deep Instinct for almost five years now, actually. I'll be celebrating my fifth anniversary here in, in seven days precisely. So joined uh, in July of 2016, uh, almost two decades of experience in the cyber domain. The beginning of it was during my tenure in the IDF, where I spent uh, almost a decade and a half, mostly leading offensive cyber operations. Uh, and, as a, and, and as I just said, almost five years here at Deep Instinct. Deep Instinct is a deep learning cybersecurity company. We're the first and still the only company to have implemented end-to-end deep learning to cybersecurity, and we have offerings in the endpoint and network security segments. So, yeah, that's that's as far as who I am and where I'm from. Amazing stuff, and happy anniversary for next week. It's always good to hit those milestones, isn't it? So, the subject that we're going to be delving into today, um, before we kind of go into the technical nitty-gritty of the subject matter, I always like to give our listeners a bit of kind of groundwork and, and layering so they know what we're kind of dealing with. So if you could just kind of outline for us really what is deep learning and where does it sit within the umbrella of machine learning and more widely AI? Okay, so that's a great question. And, and I know that in a lot of cases, People use those three terms that you just mentioned, deep learning, machine learning, and AI, uh, quite inter- interchangeably. So it, it is a very good idea to, uh, to put a bit of order into things. Uh, so it would be right to start with AI. AI is, uh, first and foremost, not a new term and not a new field. AI has been around uh, pretty much since the 1950s, so pretty early on from the onset of computer science in general as a domain. And we can call artificial intelligence any kind of technique that enables humans to mimic human behavior or present intelligence-like behaviors. And a lot of subdomains really, you know, go into that. Anything from, you know, smart search methods to recommendation systems to perceptions to robotics. So a lot of areas that aren't necessarily what you'd call machine learning. Uh, But then machine learning is a subdomain within artificial intelligence that has started developing much later in time, uh, somewhere in the very, very late 70s to early 80s. And we can call machine learning 
uh, anything or any kind of techniques that give computers ability to learn on data provided to them without being explicitly programmed to do that. Uh, a great example in this regard is, you know, uh, a lot of the chess programs, things like Deep Blue and Alpha that by various companies that were created that were indeed presented, you know, intelligence beha- intelligent behavior, or they could be absolutely dubbed as an artificial intelligence implementation, but they had no machine learning in them. It was just huge amounts of code. But Ultimately, everything was hard-coded. In machine learning, or in any kind of machine learning implementation, we provide the machine with data and then uh, let it learn on that and make decisions based on that data. And then deep learning is a specific domain within machine learning. So deep learning is always machine learning. It's a form of machine learning. The other way around is not always correct. Not every machine learning implementation uh, is based on deep learning. And deep learning is a subset of machine learning algorithms where the, you know, the data structure used in order to conduct the, uh, the process of learning are neural networks. And more specifically than that, deep learning networks, of course, they can also come in multiple shapes and forms from regular neural networks to convolutional neural networks and re- recurrent neural networks. I mean, there are a lot of different and specific family algorithms, even within deep learning. But that's, I think, but again, what characterizes them uh, them all is the use of uh, uh, connected layers of neurons that are interconnected using weighted vertices. So that's, you know, very, very, uh, generally speaking, what a neural network is. I think that's expertly described. You've, You've done that before, haven't you? You've had to <laughs> always describe the differences between the three, but I think that's a great way to kind of put it. So if we take that a step further, then, what are some of the main, but also let's focus on the niche elements as well, uh, use cases of deep learning in AI, and especially when we're bringing in this cybersecurity discussion, where these kind of talks are really uh, rife around the benefits of this collaboration? That's another great question. You know, a lot of people there, uh, out there even people that are very, very deep into technology, I think aren't even aware just how widespread the use of deep learning is today in in, in so many applications and implementations and so many dif- different fields in tech. I'd say the main areas of implementation or the more traditional areas where uh, deep learning is, uh, has already been uh, implemented and very, very successfully so, and I think today is actually even we can say the main or the go-to family of algorithms is, uh, you know, in areas such as, you know, image processing, object recognition, speech recognition, any kind of, you know, language related NLP, you know, natural language processing implementations. We find deep learning, again, it's in its different you know, shapes and forms heavily used in those areas and some of the main progresses uh, and advancements we've seen in the last decade or so in any of those fields are mostly thanks to you know new and innovative deep learning implementations um, in cybersecurity implementing deep learning in cybersecurity has its own you know set of challenges and so it's not really you know the main 
you know, the main family of algorithms that, that, that we see used, definitely not end-to-end -end deep learning that, you know, harnesses one of the main advantages of deep learning, which is running on the raw data in, in, in itself rather than on you know, a, a set of extracted features that we use in the data or that we take and compute using the data. So that's an area where I hope uh, that we'll see more and more uh, companies and startups uh, venture into that is you know, implementing uh, deep learning into, uh, into the various problem domains that we have in cybersecurity. Definitely. We, we, we want to see that kind of adoption being rolled out even further as we kind of go forward. Um, when we're talking about cybersecurity, it's, it's important to kind of reflect back on the year previously. So, you know, 2020, we saw many professionals kind of question the current effectiveness of endpoint threat detection and response. So from your perspective, is the application of deep learning in cybersecurity the solution to moving from detection response to prediction and prevention? And depending on your answer, I'm going to ask why as well. Uh, that's a very, very interesting question, which I think, uh, you know, very, very subtly uh, reflects a lot of frustration, I think, that exists today, uh, you know, out there among security professionals and security experts in that. And I start the answer here, by the way, not about not in talking about deep learning or machine learning or any kind of other thing. I, I want to start answering the, the question by talking about the threat landscape and extending that a bit from what you described in the question. The thing is, I think, first and foremost, that we need to look at is the fact that against the kind of attacks that we're seeing out there today, attacks that are very, very focused on high impact, on debilitating organizations, debilitating uh, corporations, you know, taking... Uh, or, or bring organizations to their knees, basically, by damaging or pretty much, you know, completely bring to a halt cr business critical processes and functions. So those kind of attacks are attacks where, you know, detection and response is not really a relevant approach. Knowing that an attacker is, you know, is resident within your environment or provide or giving security professionals time to react to a ransomware attack is just it's, it's, it's not relevant and it's, and it's a flawed approach from the get-go because uh, again in a lot of the attacks we're seeing if initial infection and execution was successful then uh, response is no longer a technical issue it's more a corporate and business issue of how do we go back online do we pay a ransom or not do we communicate with the attacker? So it goes way beyond the realm of, you know, what kind of security posture you have and what kind of implementation you have. And I think one of the main reasons that we saw a lot of solutions, a lot of companies, a lot of professional in recent years talking more and more and more on detection and response was because, you know, a lot of people out there gave up on prevention, you know, gave up on thinking that or, or even assuming that they'll be able to prevent because, you know, attacks are becoming too complicated, attackers are becoming way too sophisticated, and therefore we cannot rely on prevention. We might be able to prevent what's known, but not new attacks, not, you know, unseen malware, 
not new evasion and exploitation techniques. So let's have a good detection and response capability so that once we realize we're under attack, we can recover and remediate uh, quickly and efficiently. So against attacks that had a very, very long dwell time or were more, were more focused on stealth, I, to some extent, you know, have some understanding or some empathy, I'd say, for that approach. But with the kind of attacks that we're seeing now and with digital transformation in organizations being dramatically accelerated due to COVID-19, due to work from home, and that means that more and more business-critical functions and processes are becoming digitized, are going and happening within cyberspace, it means that you know, everyone out there, from you know, we as private people uh, until the biggest corporations and enterprises, are, much, are becoming even more than ever susceptible to those kind of debilitating attacks that not just aim at you know, stealing data, but aim at completely destabilizing the economic infrastructure as a whole or in a given organization. So keeping that in mind, I think that a prevention approach or putting most of the eggs in prevention is the right way to go. We need to have most of the resources put into prevention in order to minimize the attack surface and minimize the number of times that we'll have to detect and respond, uh, recognizing the fact that in a lot of cases, again, responding to something that has already happened is just not going to cut it. And this is, I believe, where uh, deep learning comes into play because uh, deep learning is, in general, a more or provides is a more powerful machine learning implementation provides the level of accuracy and the necessary resilience in time to mutations to evasions to sophistication that enables to rely on it as a strong preventive solution rather than continuing to rely on okay we'll prevent mostly what's known uh, and, you know, we'll be able to prevent yesterday's attacks, but not necessarily new attacks. And, and that, I think, is the difference that deep learning can bring to the table in terms of the security value that it can provide if implemented correctly uh, within a, uh, a cybersecurity solution. B- because uh, we, we have to take into account, you know, to have a prevention lean product means that it's got to have very high accuracy. It has to be very, very quick. It has to consume very, very low uh, uh, resources. It has to not need you know, as many updates as, 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 as other products do, uh, which if they don't have them, you know, re- reduce the efficiency. And deep learning is exactly, again, if implemented correctly and accurately, is exactly the kind of thing that can bring prevention back to the table which, as I said, I believe that's what the market needs in light of the type of attacks and the nature of the attacks that we're seeing in today's threat landscape. Yeah, I think that that's spot on. The The prevention conversation needs to be brought back onto the table uh, and kind of discussed more thoroughly as, as an option for, for businesses, for sure. And and I, and I want to kind of talk about that, that strategy element a little bit more because we've been speaking here about how it can be beneficial, but we need to also talk about how this can actually be implemented as a strategy because um, 
I'm curious in what kind of ways this differs from machine learning prevention, you know, how it works to eliminate what Deep Instinct defines as the prevention trade-off dilemma. So why is it a key strategy, I should say, for enterprises today? I think it is smart to, uh, to touch on that and explain why is it different uh, and what innate advantages lie within uh, deep learning or what it is about deep learning that differentiates it from other machine learning implementations and why that is extremely meaningful uh, when we talk about implementing deep learning in cybersecurity. And, and the best way uh, to, to present those differences uh, will actually be to go back to machine learning and talk about how does a classical machine learning implementation look like or what's the process that's involved in implementing any kind of you know traditional machine learning solution uh, regardless of what again what specific algorithm is used and the main difference is that and, and again this is true for any kind of machine learning implementation that uh, the first step that you have to do when you have you know a corpus of data that you want to apply a machine learning model on is that you first need to take that uh, uh, you know that corpus of data that body of data and then take a domain expert within the problem domain that you wish to solve and have that domain expert look at the data, understand the data, understand what are the most, or tell you rather, what are the most important characteristics, features, and patterns that lie within the data that are representative or indicative to the question uh, we wish to ask, or rather the answer we wish to get for the question or the problem that we wish to solve. We then have to go back, you know, knowing or, uh, or after being told or after deciding what those features are, we'd have to extract those from the data, quantize and digitize them somehow, put them into a vector of features, and then have that vector be the input that we use, again, for whatever uh, machine learning implementation we have. That's, again, very, very generally and, you know, roughly speaking, the process is with any kind of machine learning implementation. Now, deep learning, on the, other, on the other hand, is still the only family of algorithms within machine learning where we can directly rely on the raw data. So what, 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 what do I mean when I say raw data? So if we're talking, let's say, about images, because we talked about image recognition or object recognition with images, it means the pixels, the actual pixel values themselves of the, and all of them, so the entire picture or image for that case will be used as input to a deep learning algorithm. If we talk about speech, so it would be the actual, you know, or voice in general, the content, the actual media file content that, you know, uh, uh, that decodes or encodes, better yet, uh, uh, the speech or the voice or the sound that we wish to run the model on. And if it's in cybersecurity's case, say, let's say a file, a benign or a malicious file, it would mean actual byte content that makes up the file. Now, by doing that and letting the machine learn on all the data, that's where the difference, that's where the difference is. First of all, it means that we use not just a fraction, anywhere between two to 5% of the data that's available to us. It means that we use 100% of the data that's available to us. Second thing, it means that we are not bound by what we as humans know about the problem domain, about the way the problem domain manifests within the data 
about the way the different patterns within the data correlate and the way that those correlation are, in the, are, are indicative of, again, of, of the problem domain or the answer we, that we wish to solve. So, and, and, and in cybersecurity, this is even more important because we have to keep in mind that in a lot of cases, uh, first of all, we won't even be aware of all the characteristics that lie within the data because it might contain you know, exploitation methods or zero days or avengers that we're not even aware of yet. And lead us to say that we're not aware of all the different ways they might manifest within the data and those correlations between them. So by letting the machine do that work for us, it means that deep learning truly and fully harnesses the power of the machine in order to generalize itself on features and find additional artifacts and correlations within the data that can contribute significantly to a more accurate and precise model. It means that you know, this approach is less susceptible to specific mutations and evasions that can occur, again, especially in cybersecurity, uh, that you know, aim specifically at altering or changing specific features or characteristics that attackers might know that a lot of machine learning implementations are looking at. So as a whole, uh, you know, the end result of this is uh, models that are more accurate, more resilient in time, are much better at predicting on new and unknown, unseen before data. And this means when we go back to what it means in terms of a security value or what it means in terms of what you know, the product or, or the solution can do, it means that it can have a prevention-first approach on multiple problem domains. It means that essentially any specific area that we want to look at, as long as we have ample data that is of high fidelity, that's accurately labeled, there's a very, very good chance that we would be able to you know, produce an accurate and resilient uh, model on that specific type of data uh, using a deep learning implementation. And that's why I think that uh, is a major step forward in, in what we just talked about, uh, you know, answering the, uh, on the previous question on bringing prevention uh, back to the table. And, and again, repeating what we said before, because prevention, I believe, is, is, is the right way to go about helping everyone out there with, uh, with the attacks that are so prolific now. Definitely. I, I've, I think that's expertly explained there um, to give give that kind of understanding. And, and there's so many elements to it as well, isn't there, that people need to be aware of in order to, to make it a success. So, so thank you for going through all of those. And I'm just kind of curious to, to wrap up the show here. Uh, we've always been speaking about why it's important to, to bring this method in, why prevention should be kind of at the forefront, and really how that strategy plays in for organizations going forward. I'm curious to find out from your perspective what you kind of hope to see from this space and what we've been speaking about today in terms of company adoption and um, widespread implementation over the over the coming years. Mm-hmm. What, what, what I hope to be seeing more and more is you know organizations and security professionals not just looking at ticking all the boxes they need to tick from a regulatory or policy standpoint, but looking at the security posture as a whole and asking themselves whether in every piece of that 
posture, whether in every piece of the security stack. And, and, and today, and even in small, biz, medium businesses, it's, it's a security stack. It's not just one product that does, you know, they have to lifting as far, as far as cybersecurity is concerned. Uh, but we'll really need to ask ourselves whether what they have now is not just something that they are comfortable with, but something they feel secured with, something that they know for a fact uh, is able to uh, uh, to deal with the kind of attacks and the kind of the kind of attack vectors and the kind of risk profile which they need to deal with. Obviously, you know what a uh, a small uh, retail, what you know, an international financial institution needs, and the kind of risk profiles that each one of uh, you know these two businesses have is that are vastly different. But yet both need to ask themselves whether what we have is really, from a technical aspect, able to deal with the kind of attacks that, you know, would, would land on its shores. I think that any organization that doesn't ask themselves that, you know, repeatedly tests that, validates that repeatedly, compares it with competition, again, in, uh, across different areas and segments, of the uh, cybersecurity stacks is, is just uh, is not doing what they should be doing and in order to properly protect their organizations. I think we are seeing a shift towards newer solutions with newer technologies. I would say that that shift is still not significant enough. Uh, and, and, and I think there are a lot of very outdated technologies and approaches out there that need to be a thing of the past. Yeah, there's there's a long way to go, and especially when we speak about a lot of stuff in cybersecurity, it, it it's it's a process, and it will get there. And I, I feel like the more we have these conversations, the more it gets into people's um, conscious, and these conversations can continue into seeing those actual results to, that you're looking for. So I think you're you're spot on there with where we kind of need to be. Shimon, it's been an absolute fantastic pleasure having a chat with you today. You've brought a lot of great insights to the show, and and I really appreciate you kind of coming on and sharing all of this with us. It's been great speaking with you. Thank you, thank you. I, I really enjoyed talking with you, and 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 I love the questions. And uh, yeah, I hope um, I hope people can benefit. From, uh, from tuning in and, and, and hearing some of the things we talked about. They definitely will. I think there's a, a lot of information to kind of take away. But uh, if you are listening and you are wanting some more information, uh, I would recommend heading over to deepinstinct.com for some uh, fantastic resources on their website to understand this uh, subject matter a little bit further. We'll, of course, be back soon with another episode in this podcast series. Until then, you can join the conversation at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. Subscribe to the podcast on all major platforms. And if you're looking for great daily content, there's only one place to go, and that's EM360Tech.com. <laughs>